Hey, good morning, church. It's good to be with you today, and I'm so grateful that you've taken the time out to worship this morning together. It's a little bit different. I know you ought to be on our end looking at a empty auditorium, but I know you're there, and I pray that you're sitting with your families and you're worshiping together in your homes. As we come to you this morning, just know that we love you, we miss you, we're just so grateful and thankful for you. And even though we may be miles apart and we can't see you, that we're worshiping together. And so right now as we do a few songs this morning, I want you just to sing out. You can sing this morning. (laughs) You're with your family. So if you sing a bad note, y'all just have a good time and rejoice in that, all right? We're going to have a good time this morning, and the pastor has a wonderful message in just a little bit. But let's sing a few songs together this morning. Let's sing, Great Are You, Lord. You give life, you are love. 
stars shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Jesus, shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the Airline Baptist Church family, let me thank you and brag on you. We are living, obviously, in difficult days, times of uncertainty. And as soon as all this started to roll out, our, our staff, our finance team, and our deacon leadership met, and, and we just kind of put together a bare-bones budget. What's it going to take for us to get by in these difficult days? We're taking every step that we can to keep our expenses at an absolute minimum and so far, thank you, church family, because of our faithfulness to honor the Lord with his tithes and our love gifts, we have been able to meet that goal every single week. I want you to know when you give to Airline Baptist Church, you're not just paying the salary of our staff, you're not just paying the light bills, but did you know that last week our Southern Baptist Convention that we give to donated over 200,000 masks and protective wear for medical professionals? That was made possible because of your faithfulness to give. Did you know that every time you give to Airline Baptist Church, and right now you can mail that in uh, through the postal service, mail it to the church. You can text Airline Baptist to 77977. That's Airline Baptist with no space to 77977. Or you can go to our website there through PushPay and give online. I finally gave in. I'm one of those old-fashioned people that likes to write a check and put it in the plate when we're together. But I just went ahead and set up online so that my tithe is deducted from my checking account every week. But again, what are some things that we're giving to? Did you know that your tithes and offerings support 3,700 Southern Baptist missionaries around the world taking the gospel to people? Every time we give, we're helping to support 2,808 children of missionaries. Your tithes and our offerings help support 3,500 Southern Baptist chaplains around the world. 5,017 church planters in North America are supported. So I just wanted to say thank you for your faithfulness to give. Maybe go ahead and just set that up online. However you choose to do that, I just wanted to say thank you. Let's don't let our guard down. God will be pleased and we'll be blessed when we honor his word. Thank you so much, church family. Amen. Let's stand together in your living rooms and let's sing this song together, all right? It says, the blood will never lose its power. mountain 
Thanks so much for being with us again this morning. Thank you so much for that time of worship. Boy, we really appreciate Pastor Mike Welburn, our worship ministry and our sound and tech ministry allowing us to worship in this way. This is the fourth Sunday of our quarantine time together and every week's been a little bit different, but I'm telling you today is gonna be different than anything I've ever done. I bet it's different than anything you've ever done. As after the message this morning, we're going to observe a time of communion, the Lord's Supper together. So if you need to pause at any point to gather together the, the fruit of the vine, some juice and bread and crackers, if you need to pause and get that together, but let me go ahead and warn you, this is only for believers, only for born-again believers, those who put their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ. It's not a sacrament for somebody to participate in to gain God's favor. This is an obedient step for born-again children of God. So we look forward forward to that at the conclusion of our message today. Take your Bibles if you have them and turn to Luke's gospel chapter number 19. Luke 19, this is Palm Sunday when we remember the day that Jesus rode into into Jerusalem on that donkey. They had a parade, if you will, to worship him. They'd heard about the miracles he'd done and the people were coming to see this miracle worker named Jesus. Luke chapter 19 in verse 29. And he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. He sent two disciples ahead. 
Go ahead into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked him, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, just like Jesus told them to, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as he walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees, those religious leaders among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, Hey, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you, his followers of all people, would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They'll crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place. Here's why. Because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Do we recognize the fact that God is present all around us today? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this fulfilled prophecy on Palm Sunday when you told us in the Old Testament that this very event was going to happen, that Jesus was going to ride into the city on a donkey. Lord Jesus, forgive us when we don't recognize you at work around us, just like the people that day didn't recognize that it was actually the Son of God who visited them. I pray as we're gathered in our homes, in front of our televisions and computer screens, laptops and telephones, Lord Jesus, help us to worship you just like we were in the church building together today. And I pray that we'll be changed. I pray we'll be more like you because we worship together today, because you're worthy of all of our praise. May it be sincere from our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The people there failed to recognize that Jesus was God's son, that God was actually there among them. And as I just mentioned, verse 35 here is a fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy. In Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, hundreds of years before this event happened, it was prophesied. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the fulfillment of so many Old Testament prophecies that leave no doubt they authenticate that Jesus Christ was indeed the long-promised Messiah. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9 said this, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He's righteous and victorious, yet... He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. This was a day of great celebration. Some of them had heard about the miracles. Some of them had been eyewitnesses to the miracles. And now Jesus was riding in. It was, as I said earlier, a parade, if you will, to celebrate Jesus. But even though that celebration was happening, Good Friday was coming. The cross was just ahead. Things were going to change drastically. And some of the same people that waved palm branches and shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Just days later, some of those same people would be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. A lot of times people know what to say. They know how to look. They know how to act. 
But when the rubber meets the road, the problem is they lacked a personal relationship with the God of the universe. And sadly, that's true of many people in our culture today. If you're a member of Airline Baptist Church, you were emailed a copy of the sermon outline to follow along with. And if you're following along on Facebook Live, we'll have that posted for you there. Write this down. Number one, God expects our faith to be consistent and not casual. God expects our faith to be consistent and not casual. The problem with them there was they got caught up in the moment. Many of them, not all of them, but many of them got caught up in the pseudo worship, but they did not have a relationship with God. It's like people today who'll put on a Christian t-shirt or, or stick a Christian bumper sticker on their car or the outline of a fish, but their actions betray what they say that they believe. These people, many of them had a casual but not a consistent faith. I think that's why the church in America lacks power for the most part today. It's why our churches are largely empty many times. We have big buildings with few people in there because people who don't know Christ see those of us who profess to know Christ who have a faith that is just casual when it's convenient, but it's not consistent. The text tells us today that the reason for their praise was the miracles of Jesus. They came to see this miracle worker. Some of, uh, miracle worker. Some of them are just gawking to see him. He'd healed the sick. He brought sight to the blind. He'd raised dead folks, and they praised him because they thought he could do some things for them. And in fact, he could. But that was the motivation. It was all about me. What could I get for it? Some of the people praised him because they thought he was going to be a deliverer to deliver them from the political oppression of the Romans that they were living under. So that praise was tempered by the fact, what can Jesus do for me? And so just several days later, when Jesus is being crucified and beaten and he was disfigured and he was bloody, he didn't look so much like a conqueror or deliverer to them at that point. They, it caused them to second-guess themselves. Is this really the Messiah, somebody that could be bloodied and beaten and tortured like that? They didn't see what he could do for them at that point. They saw him as a defeated person. And once again, much like cultural Christianity in America today, I say cultural Christianity. Many people profess to know Christ, but the evidence of their life betrays that. So on this Palm Sunday, let's purpose in our hearts, we're going to be consistent in our faith of the Lord Jesus. Those who, many of them who laid down their coats and waved the palm branches, they got caught up in the moment because it was the thing to do at the moment. It was kind of the trendy thing at that time to serve the Lord and to praise Him. Some of them probably did that out of sincere motives, but then others got caught up in the moment, that peer pressure. But the same people just days later would be shouting, crucify Him, crucify Him. So then, a few days later, when they're beating him and they're mocking him, it became the trendy thing to do, the ones who just praised the Lord, to say, give us Barabbas, we want Barabbas. They began to cheer for a mass murderer who took the place of the Lord when he was released and Jesus went to the cross to take the punishment. Did you know that name Barabbas, that word in the original language, it literally means son of Papa. Son of Papa could be anybody. We're all sons of our fathers. So Barabbas is a reminder that Jesus didn't just take Barabbas' place. He took my place when he hung on that cross. The only way for, for me and for you to live a consistent faith and not a casual faith is to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of our life and to live every day for him, to get into the Word of God, to read the Word of God, and to pray. We've got to maintain that relationship, and we need to grow in our faith every day. Number two, write this down. 
God expects us to trust him in good times and in bad times. God expects us to trust him in good times and in bad times. The people in our text trusted him when it looked like he could do something for them. But when things got bad and Jesus was beaten and disfigured, they turned their backs on him. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to tell you, we're living in the most unusual and difficult days of our lifetime. Just five or six weeks ago, none of us could envision the circumstances that we'd be living in worldwide right now. Our governor just this week issued a shelter-in-place order where we're ordered to stay in home except for essential purposes. I want you to know the God that we were praising just a few weeks ago is the same God we should be praising today. He's the same God that our students were praising on our disciple now just the last weekend in February. He's the still God. He's still that same God today. He's the same God today that he was last year when we had Karen Peck in New River right here in our church and our altars were covered six and eight deep with people weeping and praising the Lord. He's still the same God today even as we live in these difficult times so the circumstances of our life have changed certainly they have but the god that we serve has not changed i think of an old song by the group greater vision that says he'd have still been god even if he'd never calmed a storm on a raging sea he'd still been god even if he'd never caused a blinded eye to see he'd still been god even if he'd never brought a crippled man to his feet it's not about what he did it's all about who he was because even if he'd never come and done a single miracle jesus would have still been god he's god in the good times and he's god in the bad times so back to our text here at the parade it was the trendy thing to do to offer praise at the trial when it could have cost you your life it could have had you thrown in jail if they stood for the lord jesus there man people were afraid to do that so when the storms of life come for me and they come for you do we recognize that he's still worthy of all of our praise the same god in a revival service or in a worship gathering or a gospel sing we praise him there but what about the next day when the child that we've loved and raised turns to spite what about the next day when the spouse that you committed the rest of your life with looks at you and says i don't love you anymore is he still worthy of our praise then absolutely he is is he the same god that we praised in the mountaintop experiences when we get word that like some of you have been you're laid off there's no job for you because of this worldwide pandemic is he still worthy of our praise even if I get a phone call tomorrow that someone I love has tested positive for COVID-19? Ladies and gentlemen, the only way we're going to make it through this pandemic, the only way we're going to make it through the storms of life is to realize he's still God in good times and in bad times. True contentment, the real commitment only, contentment only comes when we know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of our life and we purpose in our heart, if the crowd's praising him, I'm going to praise him if the crowd turns their back on him i'm gonna praise him if god is pouring out his blessings on me that i can see and rejoice in i'm gonna praise him if all i've got is my heart is still beating and i still have purpose in my life i'm gonna praise him so it comes down to the fact is our faith casual or is it committed let's remember on this palm sunday as we look forward to good friday and by the way we'll be broadcasting a good friday service on our facebook and youtube page youtube page this friday night at 6 30 also i believe at noon on good friday our southern baptist convention will be having an online prayer meeting you follow our facebook page for details about that 
But isn't the Lord worthy of all of our praise? Because of what he did on Good Friday, he willingly laid down his life on that old rugged cross for me, for Barabbas, for son of Papa, and for you. So as we prepare now to come to the Lord's table and to remember that sacrifice that he made for us, it's so important. We better examine our hearts, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 27 gives us this stern warning. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. In other words, you don't have a relationship with Jesus or there's unconfessed sin in your heart or your heart's just not right. If you do this, if you partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, the scripture says you'll be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But it encourages us, let a man examine himself. Don't worry about everybody else all around you. Examine your own heart. Let a man examine himself, and in so doing, he's to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Here's the warning. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, the Bible warns, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. What it means when it says sleep, they don't mean like people fall asleep in church sometimes when I'm preaching. They mean some people have died. When we go to the Lord's Supper, this is one of the most serious, sobering things we ever do as a church family. I so wish we were all here together in this building as I look at these empty seats. Part of celebrating the Lord's Supper is doing it with my brothers and my sisters in Christ. But I pray this will be a very special time for you at home. As husbands, serve your wives. As dads, you serve as the priest of your home and serve your children. Let's look deep in our heart. Is there any unconfessed sin in your heart? Listen, if the sins that you committed prior to your salvation, the Bible is clear in saying that he's removed them as far as the east is from the west to remember them no more. I'm talking about any unconfessed sin in my life from the moment of my salvation up until this moment. Now's the time to get our hearts right. Now's the time to confess that before the Lord because as the scripture just warned us, it could be fatal. Look at your conclusion if you have the outline there. Number one, write this down. Is your faith casual or is it committed? Is your faith casual when it's convenient, when everybody else is praising him, or is it committed even in the midst of a global pandemic? Number two, write this down. Do you follow the crowd or do you follow the Lord Jesus? Do you follow what everybody else is doing when it's trendy and the end thing to praise the Lord? But when other people turn their back on the Lord, when other people are critical of their church and their pastor or the worship style or the Sunday school teacher, when other people are griping, do you get caught up in that as well? No, we got to follow Jesus and not the crowd. So as we prepare to go to the Lord's table, number three, is your heart prepared for the Lord's Supper? Is your heart prepared for the Lord's Supper? If not, you'd be very wise to just pause, hit the pause button right now on your television or your computer and just spend some time just you and the Lord. Ask the Father to reveal to you, is there any unconfessed sin in your heart? Is there anything that you have committed against the Lord that you've not sought his forgiveness on? And the most important question I can ever ask anybody, number four, are you certain of your salvation? Do you know beyond any doubt that if you died today, you would be with the Lord? Because the Bible teaches to be absent from the body for the Christian is to be present with the Lord. 
That doesn't happen because you're a good person, because we can never earn our salvation. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved, through faith. What is grace? Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. That's an acronym to help you remember. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's how we're saved. Through faith, believing in him, faith, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all I trust him forsaking all i trust him for by grace are you saved through faith it is the gift of god you don't earn a gift you receive a gift It is the gift of god not of works i can't earn it otherwise i'd be tempted to brag about it ephesians 2 8 and 9 say the bible says in john chapter 3 and verse number 16 for god so loved the world wasn't just talk talk is cheap for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son jesus that whoever believes in him jesus wouldn't perish you don't have to die and go to hell but you can have everlasting life not only everlasting life but jesus says i've come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly even in the midst of a global pandemic even in the midst of layoffs and job losses and unemployment and rampant disease all around us he says i'll still give you that abundant life because you know that he holds our life in the palm of his hand the only reason my heart's beating right now is because God purposed for my heart to beat that I may give him praise. So let's pray together as we prepare our hearts to go to the Lord's table. If you're unsure of your relationship with Jesus as we pray, that's the most important thing right now. You say, preacher, I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As we bow, as we pray together as families in our living rooms or wherever you are, if you're unsure of your relationship with Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've messed up. The Bible calls that sin, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Admit that to the Father. God, I know I've messed up, I've sinned. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means he's boss, he's Lord of everything. You really believe that? Jesus, God's only begotten son, is Lord of all. If you believe that, confess that to the Father. I believe Jesus is Lord of all. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. When you believe something in your heart, it will affect your behavior. It will affect the way you live your life. Again, we're not earning our salvation, but we live our lives in a different way because Jesus has come to take control. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God did raise him from the dead. Good Friday is coming where we remember the sacrifice he paid for our sins on the cross, but hallelujah, Sunday's coming. Easter is coming. We remember that Jesus rose from the dead. You really believe that? Say, God, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you were buried. And I believe you rose again. You express that to the Father right now. Ask him to save your soul. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to adopt you into his family. If you just prayed that prayer, thank God for saving your soul. You say, Mike, I know I'm a Christian, but I sure haven't been living like it. Boy, I've just got caught up in things. I've given in to peer pressure. I've gotten lax in my walk with the Lord. I've allowed my faith to become casual and not committed. The Bible gives us so many wonderful promises. Like 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Believer, Christ follower, if you've not been living a consistent testimony for Jesus, ask him to forgive you. Confess any specific sin that he brings to your mind. Ask him to restore you. Ask him to make your heart right 
as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper. Thank you, Father, that wherever we are, if we're alone in our living room, if we're with our family, we're watching on the World Wide Web, you are there in our midst. Hear the cries of your children, those who just gave their life to you. God, thank you that your word says the angels in heaven rejoice in that. Thank you, Lord, that you died so that we could be made right with you. Now prepare our hearts to worship you, to remember your sacrifice as we come to your table. And we'll give you all the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We all started on the outside, the outside looking in. This is where grace begins. We were hungry, we were thirsty, with nothing left to give. Oh, the shape that we were in. And just when all hope seemed lost, Love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. Come meet this motley crew of misfits, these liars and these thieves. There's no one unwelcome here. And that sin and shame that you brought with you, you can leave it at the door and let mercy draw you near. So come to the table. Come join the sinners have been redeemed take your place beside the Savior sit down and be set free come to the table come to the table to the thief and to the doubter to the hero and the coward to the prisoner and the soldier, to the young and to the older, all who hunger, all who thirst, all who've lost and all the first, all the paupers and the prisoners, all who failed you've been forgiven, all who dream and all who suffer, all who loved and lost another, all who cleanse and all the free, all who follow, all who lead, anyone who's been let down. All the lost you have been found, all who labor right or wrong, to everyone who hears the song, come to the table, come join the sinners who have been redeemed, take your place beside the down and be set free. Sit
Thank you so much, Pastor Mike Welburn. What a song. Come to the table refers to misfits and a motley crew and liars and thieves. It's not just for super spiritual people, but the Lord's table is for people who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. They know they've had their sins forgiven. They've come to the cross and realized the sacrifice that Jesus made for our sins. So again, I, I encourage you and I warn you, don't partake of this at home. If you're not a Christian, follow along and learn and pray that the Lord will bring you to that point of knowing you're a child of God. But if you are a child of God, you prepare to take the Lord's Supper with us. Just before his crucifixion, Jesus met with his disciples and he instituted what we call the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, says the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way he took the cup also after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we're looking back on the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus made for our sins, and we're looking forward to that day, the scripture says, when he's coming again. There's coming an event in time, nobody knows when it's going to be, that the Lord Jesus will rapture his church. That word literally means to snatch us away. We'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's the rapture of the church. For those who don't have a relationship with Jesus, Scripture gives the somber warning, you'll be left behind for a literal seven-year period of hell on earth. So when we take the Lord's Supper, we look forward to his return. Jesus said this is for those who have a relationship with him. If you have children at home, use this to teach them, but I wouldn't let your children partake of the Lord's Supper. I know for Julie and I, we wanted our kids to understand this was special, this was important. We made them wait until they were old enough and had given their life to Jesus Christ. So this bread, the Lord says, is symbolic of his body. He gave his body, his body that was broken and spilled out for our sins. Uh, the cup, the fruit of the vine is what the original language speaks to there. It's a reminder of his blood that he shed for our sins. Listen, it wasn't just any blood. The blood of our Savior is precious blood. It was precious blood. So in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23, says, The Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Prepare to serve your family at this time. He took bread and broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you so much that you loved us so much that you gave your body for my sins. May we never take that lightly or for granted. Verse 25 says, In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, may we never get over the fact that you shed your blood for our sins. 
Your word is very clear. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Man, never forget, the only reason I can approach the Heavenly Father in prayer is because of what Jesus did on that cross of Calvary. Thank you for your blood. May we live in recognition of the sacrifice that you made. May we live lives worthy of those who call ourselves Christians. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, church family, this is the most exciting week of the year. No other week on the calendar means more to us as Christ followers than Easter week. Next Sunday morning, obviously, that's Resurrection Sunday. Easter Sunday at 1030, I'll be preaching a message. Victory. He is risen. Because he is risen, you and I can have victory in our lives. I want you to tune in next Sunday at 1030. Also, we have some special events throughout the week. Each afternoon at 12 noon a different member of our church staff as well as a surprise guest will have a video devotion for you they'll be posted on our facebook page every day at noon so you watch for those beginning on monday and then on good friday pastor chase reed who by the way just got married this week so congratulations to our outreach pastor chase reed and his sweet bride miss tessa Pastor Chase is going to lead us in a Good Friday message. That'll be Friday night at 6.30, broadcast also on our Facebook and YouTube page. And then Sunday morning, one of the highlights at Airline Baptist Church, not just for our church, but our community, people come around for our sunrise service. I say all the time, God's given us the prettiest spot in Hall County. Out here with this cross overlooking that hill as we see the sun rise up. We'll be broadcasting that live next Sunday morning starting at 7 o'clock. Pastor Andrew Fogarty, our student pastor, will lead us in that time. So you want to make note of all of these special events this week as well as our Wednesday night Bible study with Pastor Andrew. That's available on um, Facebook and YouTube as well. So let's get our hearts right. Let's don't just celebrate his resurrection the week of Easter, but let's celebrate that every day because every day is a victory when you put it in the hands of the Lord. I love you, church. I miss you so very much. I cannot imagine what a glory hallelujah day it's going to be when there are people sitting in these seats and we all get to come back and worship together. But in the meantime, let's be faithful to Jesus because he's worthy. God bless you.